0: Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. November, National Adoption Month. I always love telling adoption stories. Today we get to tell adoption stories from a unique perspective that I don't think we've done here on Faith and Family before. We get to talk with a birth mom today, so I'm looking forward to sharing Annie's story on Faith and Family. I want to say thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University Wisconsin, for supporting this program. You can find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin on our website. Go to kfuo.org. Look for the CUW logo in the sponsor section. Joining us in studio today, Melissa Frederick. She's the program manager of adoption services for Lutheran Family and Children's Services here in Missouri. Melissa, welcome to Faith and Family.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm
0: so excited to share this story today. And you brought along with you today, Annie. Uh, Annie Roden. welcome to Faith and Family. So good to have you in studio.
2: Thank you, Andy.
0: Can't wait to share your story. Well, let's uh, let's talk about um, before we get into our our conversation uh, to Annie's story. Uh, November, Melissa, is National Adoption Month. Is that right? That's correct. And uh, so this is a big time for you, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> it is. It's an exciting month for us.
0: Well, let's uh, let's start with uh, with Annie's story. Um, you are you're a birth mom. I am. And you have, uh, I I know um, Megan at Lutheran Family and Children's Services said, I have a great story for you. Can't wait. Annie has this this really neat story. Where where does your story begin, Annie?
2: My story began uh, six years ago Mm -hmm. when I um, found out I was pregnant with a very sweet little boy. His name is William. Mm -hmm. Um, When I found out I was pregnant, I was 19 years old and... um, very scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never want to find out that news when you're that young. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's at a very pivotal time in your life that you're trying to figure out so much. You know, I was um, just starting out um, my college career. Mm-hmm. And um, here I am away from my home, find out I'm pregnant. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: what were you, you were in college. What were you, what were you studying? What were your plans? What were your hopes? Well,
2: it was just my freshman year. Mm-hmm. So um, I had just ended my freshman year. So I came home for the summer, and that's when I found out I was pregnant. Um, it, I love children. That's mm-hmm. what I was planning on majoring in is like child development, um, maybe psychology of the child mm-hmm. or, you know, something along those lines. so um, when I found out, I had to make a decision fast on where I was going to go because mm-hmm. I was planning on going back to school in just a few weeks. So... Mm. Um, it took me a, f- a few days to break the news to my family. Um, I ended up transferring to another school, um, in St. Louis, um, cause I didn't want to stop going to school, um, mm-hmm. just because I found out I was pregnant. So
0: how did you break the news to your family? How did that go?
2: Um, it took a few times going up and down the stairs, looking at him, going back upstairs, crying, going. Um, it was very nerve wracking. And, um, you know, I grew up in a very faith filled family, mm-hmm. um, very accepting family. And they expected a lot of their children mm-hmm. in a good way. Um, the last thing they want to hear is that you're pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. I think like most parents, that nobody wants to see a child go through that at a young age. Um so I kind of just blurted it out mm. and um we took it from there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how did that how did that conversation go?
2: Um well when I said it, I immediately had my mom and dad over my shoulders hugging me mm. and just they were there from the get go and um just a great support mm-hmm. and helped me through every single step of the way. Mm.
0: So what were the the big questions then for you? What were the the, the questions, the fears that you had at that point?
2: Um, Well, one, uh, the family dynamic of, you know, I mean, there's a lot that goes through your head when you find out you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. I was 19. I was going back to school in a few weeks. Um, What do I do? (laughs) What -hmm. are people going to say, think? Um, how am I going to raise this child when I'm still learning how to you know <laughs> enter adulthood i did, I didn't even know, so um it was it was a scary moment, but it was a reassuring moment knowing that I had a great family behind me and knowing that I knew God I could rely on him mm-hmm. and turn to him at my most needy moment for support.
0: So this is summer. You found out you're pregnant. You tell your, your parents, uh, questions and where are you in the pregnancy at this point?
2: I was about three weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. I was really early. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when every, when I like found out and, mm-hmm. um, when I told everybody, well, I mean, my parents, um, so I made a doctor's appointment and mm-hmm. my mom never missed one. She was there always by my side. Um, it wasn't till I was about five or six months pregnant that um, I went to Lutheran. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, thankfully, did a lot of research on... My parents just wanted me to make the most informed decision. They immediately got me into counseling just so I could talk to someone mm-hmm. outside of the situation. Um, they didn't want me to keep anything out or, you know, mm-hmm. just wanted total support. Um, when I got hooked up with Lutheran which again I was five or six months along um, I went in expecting to be kind of kind of bombarded with, this is what you need to do. This mm. is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it was so not the case that was very welcomed and it was sit down. How are you doing? Mm. What are you doing in your life? You know, they yeah. were just so interested in knowing me how I was feeling and not pressuring me towards any,
3: mm-hmm.
2: any choice. Um, as I got to know my representative at Lutheran, my social worker, um, she would give me parenting books. She would give me—I mean, just to like. She said, even if you choose adoption, you could on the day you give birth say, "I can't do this." I, I mean, that's a hor— a horrible feeling to have to walk away from a child, mm-hmm. and some people aren't strong enough to. And um, so she—they wanted me to be as prepared as I could be mm-hmm. um, with making this decision.
0: So you sit down, talk with your, your social worker at Lutheran Family mm-hmm. and Children's Services, and she they, they make you feel welcome, they make you feel comfortable, no pressure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How key was that to you staying with them and, uh, and, and continuing on and, and learning more from them?
2: Well, and that's the thing, you never know what to expect mm-hmm. when you, I mean, especially in an unexpected situation. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so that, I mean, to me that, that made me know that I was in the right place, um, especially with such a huge decision. Mm-hmm. No matter what I chose, if I parent it, if I chose adoption, and in my mind, that was the only two decisions I had here, um, they're both life changing. Um, so, just having that mm-hmm. support from them from both aspects, um, I mean, they're very upfront with if you choose adoption, it is not going to be easy. It's Mm -hmm. going to be a lifelong thing that you're never going to get over, but we're here to support you and help you through anything. And they, I mean, six years, almost seven years later, I still (laughs) am in touch with Lutheran all the time. And Mm -hmm. um, I still keep in contact with the worker I Mm -hmm. um, was paired up with. And um, they're just a family to me, Mm. yeah.
0: When you build that relationship, when when they build that relationship mm-hmm. with you too, and uh, you have that that connection over that time, I'm sure it is. It's a lifelong relationship. Yeah. Melissa, something that Annie brought up was how uh, how there was there was no judgment, there was no pressure mm-hmm. when she first came to Lutheran. How important is that for uh, for new moms, mm-hmm. um, you know, for uh, women as they they find out they're expecting. Um, how important is it that that's the, the first step, that they they just make that connection mm-hmm. with Lutheran Family and Children's Services, and it's not, there, there's no judgment, there's no pressure. How important is that to your process?
1: We want all birth parents to feel comfortable and welcome when they walk in our door. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Annie said, that there's not a judgment. And whether they decide to parent or whether they decide to make an adoption plan is their decision. And we want them to always feel comfortable with the decision that they made. As Annie said, it's a hard decision and we don't want them to walk away thinking that their worker convinced them one Mm -hmm. way or another. So we process everything with them from how, what would it look like parenting this child? How will you support this child, uh, that you know, we really try to work with the birth mom and the birth father, and then also a lot of times the extended family is involved. So we would work with the extended family as well if that's what the birth parents would like us to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so our job is to help them process all the information and make the best decision for their family.
0: So what were the things for you to consider, Annie, as you were making this decision over, I'm sure it was a decision made over some time.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, one thing that I found very uh, beneficial during my decision-making was um, my parents set me up with a family who had adopted an adoptee, a birth mother, Mm -hmm. to talk to them about all the different options I had. Um,
0: Do your parents have a background in education?
2: No, but they should. They're very good. Um, so that really helped me make the best decision for myself, especially talking to, um, well, I spoke with a birth mom who chose adoption, and mm-hmm. then I spoke with someone who was around my same age, and they they kept their child, which is a lovely story, but they kind of talked about all the trials and tribulations mm-hmm. they've had mm-hmm. um, through that um, through parenting. It's not an easy road. Um, so that really helped me. Another thing with Lutheran, again, giving me books, talking to me about preparing yourself for the grieving process. If you choose adoption, you mm-hmm. know, you are, um, I mean, you're losing a child that day, you are but I, I mean, I hate saying that cause I don't, I didn't lose anything. Um, My son is very much a part of my life to this day and will always be. Um, And I always like to share this story, but my best friend during my pregnancy, I was probably around eight or nine months at that point. And we went out to lunch and she started crying and she's like, I'm just so afraid you're going to regret not keeping him. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, I already have. I have him right here with me. Like, I'll never regret that Mm because I have him forever. So, I just think that um, that's the main thing in my eyes is mm-hmm. I kept him, and I made the best decision for him in regards to why I chose adoption um, or how I come to that. Mm-hmm. family life is very important to me. Um, the structure of a family, I knew that the father wouldn't be involved. Mm-hmm. And, um, I could have been a single parent and I would have made a great mother. Um, it would have been hard though. And looking at the child, what's best for him? Um, I felt that, that mother, father figure in the home is very important. And that's what I wanted. I wanted my son to have everything I had growing up, you know, running down the stairs on Christmas to both mom and dad, Mm -hmm. um, And that was just my opinion of it. Um, I had goals for myself. I wanted to finish school. Um, I wanted to give my child everything. And at a young age, I couldn't personally do that myself. I would have to constantly be leaning Mm -hmm. on someone, my parents most likely, um, for support for not only my future, but for my child's future. Um, So those were the big things that I was looking Mm at. when choosing adoption
0: so it sounds like you really made a very informed decision your parents were very helpful uh in providing uh the resources to help you make a a a, an informed decision um lutheran family and children's services helped you make an informed decision it sounds like the father was was really out of the picture for most of the or if not the the whole time
2: Well, no, he he was involved um, in the decision making. He agreed that adoption was the best, and he he I I he was there for Mm -hmm. it. Okay. Um, but he just for if we chose parenting, um, afterwards he wasn't going to come home from college. Those type of things, so he wouldn't be physically there. Mm -hmm. But he was supportive.
0: Very good. So he was supportive of the decision for adoption. Yes, it it sounds like. Mom and dad were supportive of this decision as well?
2: Absolutely, yes. How,
0: did you make the decision and then and then share that with them or how did that that how did it come down to finally making that decision? Do you remember?
2: Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. I think it just was I prayed a lot. Mm-hmm. I um when I was going to Lutheran just to find out more information mm-hmm. and then kind of got the conversation started about adoption. Um, that's when I would come home and I would talk to my parents about it. And when Lutheran, when I started the process of potentially finding uh, parents for my child, mm-hmm. I had said no to all of them. I went through probably 30 profiles. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, they don't have a class in school for this stuff. Of <laughs> how to pick parents for your child. So that was very difficult. Um, But I had written down like everything I wanted for my child. And all these great profiles kept coming (laughs) by me. And I just, I never felt that connection. And I didn't know how to feel that connection. So there was one day I called my mom and I was just like, I can't find anyone. And she's like, it's fine. We'll make it work. We'll just, everything will be fine. This is what it's supposed to be. And I got a call the next day and a profile came through. And they're like, just come take a look at it. We don't, it's not finished, but we just feel like it would be potentially a good match. And um, my mom came with me and I sat down on the couch and I just started bawling because I was reading my parents and that's all I wanted for my kid is exactly what I had, you know, growing up. And it was just a really beautiful moment. And it was something that God, God did it. Mm-hmm. There was nobody else in this. It wasn't my parents, my friends saying this is what would be a good thing, like God brought me Will's parents. <laughs> he did, and um, I just knew.
0: Melissa, how do you how do you help connect uh, adopting parents with uh, a birth parent? Uh, how do you how do you match up those you know the list that a, that a birth parent has and the, the mm-hmm. what they hope for for their child mm-hmm. um, with uh, adopting parents?
1: So we work with a variety of different birth parents as can be expected. Mm -hmm. And uh, Annie's story is her story. And um, but we have birth parents that may have support or may not have support. We have birth parents where they go to the hospital and one of our workers is actually in the delivery room with them because Mm -hmm. that is the kind of support that they need at that time. Birth parents come to us with ideas of what they want in a family. And sometimes what we imagine our ideas are different than their ideas. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, work with them to figure out what, what do you want in a particular family. Uh, they share their background information with us. Uh, they share the kind of openness that they want with us. Mm-hmm. A lot of adoptions are moving more towards openness. And that is good. We see it as good for everybody. The child benefits from openness. Typically we see birth parents and adoptive parents form an amazing relationship that is hard to even describe what it's like because it's so touching. Mm -hmm. Um, And then adoptive parents come to us mainly with infertility. Um, They are Wanting to parent on that day that Mm -hmm. they come to us and they uh, Submit an album, which is what Annie was talking about and in their album is uh, specifics about them It's it's non identifying information so that they have their confidentiality but things that they like to do in a dear birth parent letter and Uh, Just things from their heart, what what they imagine the life is going to be like for this child and raising this child. And then the birth parents, are uh, the albums that match what the birth parents want, they look through them. And sometimes it can be five and sometimes it can be 30. It just depends Mm -hmm. on the circumstances. Um, If a birth family wants or if a birth mom, birth dad want a lot of openness and there's only certain families that are wanting to get together that much, then there there may be less. Um. So there's a variety of circumstances, but we feel like our job at Lutheran is to work with birth parents from when they come to us. So sometimes we start working with birth parents at six months. Sometimes they go to the hospital, they don't know they're pregnant and Mm -hmm. a hospital social worker contacts us. Or maybe they've been talking about adoption, but they just hadn't moved forward with that. Uh, So we see birth parents who are homeless. We see birth parents who have an amazing amount of support um, but the birth parents look at the albums, they narrow it down to three families. They have a first, second, and third, and then typically they meet with each other and they, it, it mm-hmm. doesn't always work out, but Annie can talk about that experience for her too as well. What mm-hmm. it's like to meet as a birth parents and adoptive parents and connect with each other. Annie. Yes. <laughs>
0: tell me about the, the first time you met, uh, the adoptive parents.
1: Um, it was very emotional.
0: I'm sure.
2: I actually met with a a parent sorry, prospective adoptive parents probably a month before. Mm-hmm. And I was very I didn't cry or anything. I sat down. I had a lovely conversation with them. And I walked out and I was like, there's just nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um then I met with Sarah and Paul Wills parents and It took me about 30 minutes to stop crying, to go in the room. (laughs) I went in the room. I cried the whole time. And, um, looking back on it now, in hindsight, I feel like I was preparing myself, Mm -hmm. um, very emotional. Um,
0: what were you feeling? You were, you were crying. Were they, was it sadness? Was it grieving? Was it it,
2: bittersweet, uh, mm -hmm. very bittersweet, bittersweet, um, it was so amazing to meet them because in my heart, I knew it was them. Mm-hmm. And just finally putting, you know, faces with the profile, um, you know, seeing them interact together. They're just so sweet. It was just a very touching moment. I mm-hmm. knew right when I walked in with my mascara down to my chin, <laughs> that that I was meeting my son's parents and the whole time, the first time I met them, Will was kicking me
3: nonstop,
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: and I just remember um during our conversation they were in a, a international adoption at that point point. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were getting a little girl um, and they I remember them saying like we would love your child so much and mm-hmm. as if they're our own you know going on and so forth and I was like, do you want to know what it is? And they like looked at each other with these huge eyes and they're like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's a boy. And it just, oh, their faces just mm-hmm. melted my heart. They were, you could just tell they were cautiously excited.
0: You mentioned earlier when you were reading the the profile and you said, these are my parents.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: What was it? What did you see in them that, 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 that you said, this is what I want my my child to have. This is what I had. What was it that you saw in they these parents? They were kind
2: of goofy things. <laughs> um, they talked about hiking mm-hmm. and that was a huge part of my childhood. Every Sunday, my whole family would go hiking. It was just the best time. They're Cardinal fans. <laughs> um, and they were very faith-filled people. They, mm-hmm. they were active in their church and mm-hmm. that was very important to me and raising my son. Um, so, but the first thing I saw that like hit me was hiking. So
0: that's how I chose my son's parents,
2: (laughs) hiking, (laughs) which they just went hiking. I I was going to ask,
0: do they, do they spend time hiking?
2: Yes, they have.
0: Good, good. So you, you, you met them and it was a very emotional time, but at the end of that conversation, when you walked out of that conversation, what did you feel? What did you know?
2: Well, my social worker told me to go home and think, Mm -hmm. and I called her, I think, two days later, and I said, I want you to tell them that I want them to parent my child, and um, that conversation that they had with her, Sarah, we have a very close relationship now, and she told me when she got the call She said, can you hold on real quick? And she set the phone down, and she said she just stood there, like, (laughs) jumping up and down. And then she's like, okay,
0: (laughs) I can talk now. She had to compose herself.
2: (laughs) Right. And um, when they found out that they were going to be parents, um, I had Will two weeks later. Wow. So I had him about two weeks early. Mm. So they had to... Get going on the nursery really quick and.
0: Now you said they were in an international adoption at the time mm-hmm. as well. Did were they able to adopt the their daughter they as well? They
2: did. So Will is six, and they just got Adam. He just turned three, so they got a little boy, and they're <laughs> just the best of friends. They're adorable. <laughs>
0: Wow, I'm sure it's a busy household yes, too. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> well, I want to talk more about uh, what is um, what is your relationship with Will today? What is your relationship with uh, his adoptive parents today? And uh, and how Lutheran Family and Children's Services continues to be a part of your life today as well. We need to take a break. When we come back from that break, we'll continue our conversation. We're talking with Annie here on Faith and Family and Lutheran Family Children's Services for National Adoption Month. Stick around. War Story right after this.
5: University, Mequon, Wisconsin overlooks the beautiful shoreline of Lake Michigan. This serene main campus of CUW is just 15 miles north of Milwaukee with all its vibrant cultural attractions. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, students living by the motto of Inspiration in Action can choose from 69 undergraduate majors, 14 master degree programs, and doctorates in pharmacy, physical therapy, and nursing practice. For more information or to take a virtual tour, visit cuw.edu.
0: This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute.
5: Finally, Congress is doing something worthwhile, the Republicans anyway. They introduced a resolution to impeach IRS Commissioner John Cuskinen. In this highly unusual move, they're charging him with lying to the public, destroying evidence, and lying under oath. There's plenty of evidence the IRS targeted pro-life and conservative groups and the Department of Justice decided to do nothing. Thus the impeachment proceedings. One of the primary guilty parties is Lois Lerner, but the commissioner destroyed hundreds of tapes containing what were likely thousands of emails showing Lerner's guilt. She pled the fifth at a congressional hearing. It sickens me that there was such widespread violation of the law, yet the president and gang will do nothing because we're considered the enemy.
0: Like us on Facebook at Life Issues and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Hi, I'm Mark Hawkinson with an invitation for you to join me over the weekday noon hour for Moments of Assurance, your lunchtime spiritual recipe. You'll enjoy encouraging scriptures, A bit of Bible history and trivia, news items, humor, the kid's corner, and more. All mixed in with faith-strengthening sacred music. A blend just right for your midday hour. So join me, won't you? That's Moments of Assurance over the weekday noontime hour here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news.
4: Worldwide KFUO, your most trusted radio station for Christian talk and sacred music. Listen on the air, online, and on demand 24 hours a day at KFUO.org. Listen anywhere you are with your Wi-Fi radios, smartphones, computers, and even on your smart TVs. KFUO embracing today's technologies to bring the good news message of Christ to the world. Listener-supported worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news.
1: Reverend Matthew Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.
0: Dear friends of KFUO, 90 years ago, Walter Meyer, Dean Fritz at the seminary, and Mr. Kretschmar got together with an idea. And 90 years later, that idea is still going strong. There have been many challenging times along the way, but thanks to the staff and many wonderful donors and others, those who participate, the station is sound and good health and is operating with state-of-the-art equipment, and the message is going out, thanks to the internet, all over the world. And as far as a confessionally Lutheran radio station, we are unique
4: in the entire world. There's nobody else who does it. Nobody.
1: This is Mary Schmidt. To be a day sponsor, call me 314-996-1518.
5: Have you followed Worldwide KFUO on Facebook today? Something new and exciting is happening at Facebook.com slash KFUO Radio. Follow along with KFUO each day. Get program information, listen to audio, and watch videos. Also see our photos. Get a peek on the other side of the microphone with pictures of programs and special events. Keep up with all the fun each day on Facebook.com slash KFUO Radio. Remember to like us on Facebook and share us with your friends. Worldwide KFUO, a click away, 24 hours a day.
0: Welcome back to Faith and Family. We are talking adoption. It is National Adoption Month here in, uh, well, around the world, but uh, certainly here in the United States. And we're celebrating that today here in the studios at Worldwide KFUO on Faith and Family. Annie Roden, a birth mother, sharing her beautiful story with us today. And Melissa Frederick, Program Manager of Adoption Services at Lutheran Family and Children's Services, and uh, before we went to break, uh, Annie, you were sharing with us uh, about ch- choosing those uh, those adoptive parents and, and making that decision, meeting with them for the first time. What a how th- those tears that you shed were were, were bittersweet. You knew that uh, you knew deep down that that these were going to be the parents um, for your child, um, but at the same time, this was going to be a, a big challenge ahead of you. Absolutely. Um, and in two weeks uh you delivered little will mm-hmm. uh came a little early and yep. um and, and they found out that uh that their son had arrived and uh where did it go from there when did uh w- will tell us about that day uh delivering
2: absolutely um so first i just want to start with saying um i wouldn't have been able to go through with an adoption unless it was open <laughs> mm-hmm. um from Sarah and Paul's perspective, at first they are very skeptical about going down the openness route. Mm -hmm. Um, To a lot of adoptive parents, it's a little intimidating Mm -hmm. or kind of a threatening situation, Mm -hmm. rightfully so. I completely understand that. Um, So this was a relationship that we had to treat as a relationship. Um, The day I went into labor, I was told by my social worker you know, it's a very, very stressful, very emotional. You know, the mm-hmm. hormones are flying everywhere. Um, don't make any rash decisions about like you. You made it. You're making an adoption plan, but have that moment in the hospital with your son um, and your family, and they were just very. Um, they told me to be cautious because a lot of people get you know really excited or. Kind of freak out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gave birth and had a beautiful little boy. He's perfect. Um, he had like blonde tips. Everyone called him Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, I had him at one thirty in the morning, and at seven o'clock, I called my social worker, and I was like, "I truly, I just want them here because I wanted to see them with." Well. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted them to see me with Will, you know, mm-hmm. that interaction. Um, that was very important. I also didn't name him. I wanted that to be special for her, his parents. So when I was in labor, um, my mom had called my social worker and she's like, Annie really wants to know a name. So I'm not just like, <laughs> here, babe, hi, baby, you know. So I was I remember I was on one of those little bouncy balls, you know, having <laughs> contractions, and my mom like gets off the phone, she's like, William. And I was like, oh, I love it. (laughs) It was just perfect. So so Sarah and Paul came, um, I was in the hospital three days and they came every day. Um, They would just pop in for a little bit and then leave. Um, Just very kind and gracious towards me and my family. Mm -hmm. Um, Leaving the hospital was very difficult. Um, we had a, they called an entrustment ceremony, um, where our, the social workers at Lutheran, um, they say a little prayer and, um, I hand my son over to his parents and we have a really cool picture where I'm handing him over and Sarah gave me a hug. So Will's in between us. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's really neat. Um, but there was a very, uh, I remember being in the hallway and they have to wheel you out and Mm -hmm. a nurse went into the room so the door door opened up and I saw Sarah on the bed holding Will and Paul was over her shoulders and it was just like, it just made my heart very warm to Mm -hmm. see that. And, you know, it's been such a trying, exciting, emotional journey Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, knowing that, that I've created a family um it's it's just really neat they mm-hmm. m- are make the most wonderful parents and seeing Will with them now is so amazing he's he's just he's mm-hmm. he's theirs like he just, he looks like him he
0: <laughs> acts
2: like him um it's just really cool dynamic
0: it's neat to look in retrospect i'm sure to see how how god used you to uh to help shape this family and uh, I'm sure, as you said, you saw them uh, holding Will. You know the, the 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 new proud parents holding him, mm-hmm. and, and what joy they must have had. Uh, I, I know Melissa. You shared that many uh, couples come to you, um, uh, hoping to be adoptive parents. Mm-hmm. Many because of infertility, mm-hmm. um, to be able to make a a, a connection like this, and to uh, to see a family now growing because uh, a birth mom so graciously and generously has placed her child for adoption now this this family is growing mm-hmm. what is that what does that mean to you and i'm sure for those, those so many of those parents mm-hmm. who are hoping to to parent
1: yeah so we get phone calls on a regular basis and families have struggled with infertility mainly for years uh, they've done everything or almost everything to get pregnant and it doesn't work out the way that they imagined and so that fantasy um, there's a lot of sadness there Mm -hmm. and they really want to parent a child and so adoption becomes an option for them and they embrace it and and feel like most families feel like it's meant to be this Mm -hmm. is where they were meant to grow their family Birth parents, a lot of people have stereotypes of birth parents, but the birth parents that make these decisions, these really, really hard decisions where there's a lot of grief and loss, they're making a decision that's in the best interest of a child or their children uh, if we are placing more than one. And when the birth parents and the adoptive parents meet each other, um, it really solidifies everybody's decision that it's the right decision Mm -hmm. it it, it is challenging for everybody because there's grief and loss for the adoptive parents that they couldn't carry this child and they um, have an enormous amount of love for the birth parents and there's grief and loss in seeing what the birth parents are going through the sadness and the heartache that that they're going through but as uh, Annie said the relationship develops and and it becomes this amazingness that it doesn't always look the way Annie's situation looks. But you know, I've been doing domestic adoptions for nine years now, and I would say the majority of adoptions end where the families feel like they get the child they were meant to get, hmm. and the birth parents feel like they get the family that was meant where they were meant to place the child.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Annie, you mentioned earlier that through this this process, from the the time that you found out you were expecting, through through even in the the delivery room, that that when you were at the hospital, that your family, your parents, were very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I want to share your mom's perspective as well today. We we roped her into the conversation here for a little <laughs> She's bit <loving> So it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to introduce uh, Annie's mom, Mary. Thank you so much for being willing to share your perspective today as well and thanks for being our guest today, Mary. Thank you. When let's back up in this story a little bit. When you found out uh, when when Annie shared with you that that she was pregnant. Um she said that she was just um th- that she was embraced by her parents that uh, you, you hugged her and you you uh, showed her support from the very beginning. What were the questions you had at that time uh, when 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 your daughter comes to you and says, when your 19-year-old daughter comes to you and says, I'm pregnant?
3: The words I'm pregnant brings me directly back to our family room where my husband and I were sitting. I had just brought my husband home from having back surgery or neck surgery. And we were sitting there talking, and Annie had walked in the house and went upstairs, and then she came down, and I noticed she went back upstairs. And <laughs> Anyway, she came down, and she said two words, I'm pregnant. Now, we did not jump up that moment and run over and hug her. Mm-hmm. You, As parents, you have to digest what you just heard, mm-hmm. and then you have to say, what? And you go through... I explain. I felt like my heart was, it stopped beating and was beating at the same <laughs> moment. I, you, you just have to digest what you just heard. And I don't think, and I've never thought that as a mom, I was going to ever be immune from one of my children in a situation, an unex, unexpected situation like this. But we did raise them, you know, to... Avoid situations like this, and how to avoid situations. So when it occurs, um, you're shocked, you're angry, you're upset, you're embarrassed. I, you know, there's so many emotions mm-hmm. that go through you as a parent. And then I, I turned into Mama Bear <laughs> because this is my child, mm-hmm. and she needs, she needs help like this very moment. So after several seconds of us you know, figuring out what's going on. And we did embrace her immediately because she needed, she needed that. Um, and there were several days of crying and trying to figure out what to do. But again, that mama bear, we need to figure (laughs) out how we can help her get through this. Um, and that's what we did. So, uh, we, you know, talked to family members Mm -hmm. who had, you know, helped us through it as well. And, um, and I thought Annie needs to talk to someone outside of, you know, us, you know, so that she can, like Annie had said earlier, she can say whatever she wants and she can feel safe about saying whatever she wants. This had to be her decision. And we knew that it's a huge decision for a young person to, Mm -hmm. to make. And so we did get her counseling and, um, and I wanted her to make that decision thinking of this child, this this child, this baby had to be the center of attention and and it and not to think a little baby, <laughs> you know all babies are beautiful and they're cute and they're fun to they're just beautiful, mm-hmm. but to think they're not babies for long, <laughs> and you know where are you going to be and and how are you going to help raise this baby like Annie had mentioned earlier no doubt could she be and she will be and she is a beautiful mother and has more love than a child could ever ask for but you have to think you know beyond that for that mm-hmm. child and and she did and she made a, a her decision but we were constantly, Annie and I were together a whole lot in that nine months. And, um, you know, we were always saying, we will help you. You know, we we will help you get through this. And, and family is very important to all of us. And a, and a family unit is mm-hmm. important. And I think that's when Annie realized she wants what she had. And, you know, how is she going to go about getting that? So...
0: What? How would things look different had, had Annie decided to parent this child?
3: I think a lot of things. <sighs> um, you know, and my husband and I talked about that. Mm-hmm. I probably would have quit work because we wanted her to continue education. Um, birth moms, I think, feel like they can't do that. Where birth fathers kind of get to go you know, continue their life and get that education. So that was important to us. So it it did involve us getting her to a school closer to home, um, during her pregnancy. And so I had to prepare myself for helping her. And we, you know, we, uh, we had a lot of support from family and friends and, um, it it would have been very, it would have been difficult, Mm -hmm. no doubt. And we would have had to probably share the child, which I'm all mm-hmm. for birth fathers, and and I would love if she would, you know, parent the child. I would want the father to be a part of this child's life. I think, again, that family unit is so important, but it would have it been very difficult to, you know, every weekend or whatever the situation would have been, to hand that child over. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, there's so many aspects to it that um, it would have been hard, yeah.
0: When when Annie met uh, found the 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 adoptive parents met you know read their profile and, and then met them uh, and thought these are my these are just like my parents this is what I want my child to have uh, what was it like for you when you met the the adoptive parents?
3: Well. It- It was, um, I was scared. I was nervous. Mm -hmm. Again, I I took a lot of this on myself. Like, oh my gosh, is is this the right decision? And and is Annie truly doing this out of her heart and not because of what others may be saying or thinking? Because you you hear a lot when you're going through this Mm -hmm. from other people. I'm sure. And, you know, up till the very last minute before they actually came in, Annie and I were in a corner huddled. And you know, and I was saying, "Annie, I mean, it has to be your decision." and um when we met them,
4: it was it was just
3: a wonderful experience and And I'll say, I think they were cautious and rightfully so and and I think it kind of bothered Annie in the beginning because um, Annie would ask him a question, and maybe we weren't. She didn't hear the answer she wanted, like she asked if she could be involved in something and they had to think about it. My thought on that was, I love that because they're not making promises that they won't later keep, Mm -hmm. that they themselves were going to think long and hard about how they were going to give Annie answers and not give her false hopes. Mm -hmm. And I I really appreciated that.
0: They had given thought to how they want to raise this child.
3: Yes, absolutely, hmm. and, and it's a relationship that, that you build, mm-hmm. and Paul, I heard him say once at one of the talks, it's a relationship, but you don't want to jump in the deep end mm-hmm. right away. Start out slow, and like with any relationship, you have to build it. You have to build mm-hmm. trust, and that's what they did. That's the approach they took, and I've always appreciated that. Because we always knew what to expect, and it, it's just been wonderful it is truly it's just been wonderful
0: what's the what's the family like uh, what's it like now have you you were there for the the day of the delivery mm-hmm. you got to to meet little will um what's it like now as a family um now that that William has his adoptive parents, but it sounds like it's very open. What's it like, Annie? Um, Do you get to to spend time with him?
2: Absolutely. So since his birth, um, my whole family, it's not just me, Mm -hmm. we all get to see him about probably four times a year. Um, The older he gets, the more I've... So the contract, the Mm -hmm. non-binding contract was... I wanted to see Will in person around his birthday. So once a year. Mm-hmm. And um, since then, since we've built that relationship, um, Sarah and Paul also, they like to see us cause we're just, they're an extension of our family and vice versa. Um, I think both Adam and Will both enjoy seeing our whole family. And um, I have nephews, so They all, I mean, it's just four boys together. It's awesome. Um, So we do, we just, we see each other when we can. And, um, you know, it's usually like, I'll usually email them or they'll email me being like, when can we get together next? And um, because they don't live in St. Louis, um, we have to kind of plan for it. And it's just amazing. Um, Will's getting to that age where he's almost seven. And I think he's starting to understand the role I play in his life, um, as a birth mom. Two years ago, I was great grandma. And now (laughs) this year he's kind of wrapping his mind around, um, the fact that he grew in my stomach, Sarah and Paul had to go to the hospital to get him. And, but he knows who his parents are. Mm -hmm. They're the people he wakes up to every day and who give him that love, his lunches, mm-hmm. you know, everything. And so hiking I, it's, trips, right? <laughs> hiking trips. Um, so it's one of those things that, um, as Melissa was saying, open adoption caters to all parties. The child never wonders where did I come from? Why did my parents choose this? Because he has me to ask mm-hmm. and I'll tell him, um, they know who his pa- their parents are. And then for the birth parent side, I'm able to not have any questions on the care my child's getting, the love he's getting every day. Mm-hmm. And then I can also look at where I've come from since then. I've graduated from college. I met and married the love of my life. And soon I'll start a family too. And I'll still mm-hmm. have my son involved in that. So... It's just from every aspect, um, just a very positive, um, loving situation.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a, a beautiful story. And uh, I, I know that not every adoption goes as as smoothly as this. I'm sure it had its challenges as well. I know not yes. every story, as mm-hmm. as Melissa said, that this is Annie's story. Mm-hmm. And it, it certainly is a beautiful story. It's not always um, as as it doesn't always turn out as beautiful as that, but every adoption certainly is, is beautiful and is not everybody has as great of a relationship. I'm I'm gathering is, is I guess the, the point that I'm making, but so grateful that you do have this great relationship with, uh, with, uh, William's adoptive family. And hopefully there will be many more as, uh, it, it sounds like there are, uh, children who, who are in need of, uh, adoptive parents. And there are so many parents, it sounds like that are waiting as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, Melissa, with uh, just a few minutes left, we have about three minutes left, Mm -hmm. uh, I want to share a little more about the adoption process and um, what we can, you know, if if someone's listening today, whether uh, as a potential birth parent Mm -hmm. or uh, as potential adoptive parents, um, what they can do, how to get in touch, those types of things.
1: Sure. So we are always working to serve birth parents. And as I said, whether they make an adoption plan or not, we, we serve uh, birth parents who have needs and, and they need support and they may decide to, uh, they may just need help with parenting and we can serve them with that, that way too. Um, they can call our our main number. Uh, it's 314-787-5100. Uh, Kristen Sutherland in St. Louis is our... Uh, program manager for birth parent services, but anybody would help them when they call in. We're we are happy to help um, adoptive families. With our infant adoption program, we do have lots of families that are waiting. So, But if families do have questions about which program works best for them, they can call me and my direct number is 314-754-2739. I'm happy to discuss all the options. There's Inter-country adoptions, which we, I'm I'm happy to talk about what that experience is. I've been doing inter-country adoptions for 14 years. Um, Actually, uh, personally, have experienced it because my daughter was adopted when she was four from Russia, and she's now almost 16, and (laughs) she's actually met Annie, and Annie is really an inspiration to her because she doesn't know her birth family, and Mm -hmm. so to see Annie speak. Mm From the heart, it it really touches her. Um, so that aspect is, I think, helpful for her and and other adoptive kids that don't don't get to meet their birth parents or see their birth parents. Um, but we we're happy to talk with adoptive families that are in process because their first step is figuring out which which route to go, mm-hmm. which agency to work with, uh, which whether they want to work with a um, which country they want to work with internationally, do they want to adopt through the foster care system, we, we guide them down that process.
0: And it, it has been a, a great relationship, as I can tell from from your story today, Annie, that that you continue to stay connected with Lutheran Family Children's Services. And, Absolutely. Uh, is uh, Sharing your story certainly is an important part of that for many uh, for for birth moms, birth dads for uh, for our birth parents and for adoptive parents as well to hear that story and realize that it it can be a really beautiful thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Annie, thank you so much for taking time to, to share your beautiful story with us. And uh, God bless you and Will and Sarah and Paul and Adam and, and the, that whole side of the family as uh, as you continue to grow in that relationship. Thank thanks you for so sharing.
2: much for having me.
0: Melissa Frederick uh, uh, with uh, Lutheran Family and Children's Services. Thanks for being my guest today on Faith and Family. I appreciate your time sharing with us about the adoption process and bringing the story to us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And Mary, thanks so much for coming in and, and, and uh, sharing and uh, Annie's mom story with us as well. Thanks for being our guest. Thank you. Coming up in just a little bit, Thy Strong Word here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news.
4: Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time